0: That's not a difficult moral quandary, just, just just, stay away from the shore, you little creep. Hello there and welcome to The Recommendation Game. This is a bi-weekly film podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other has not seen, we watch them, and then we Skype to discuss them. My name is Orla McDenis.
1: And my name is Ricardo Deacon.
0: Sure is. This week's film. Oh, we are listening to Dublin Digital Radio. This week's film was chosen by Ricardo. Surprisingly, considering it is a French movie from the seventies, <laughs> and it is Claire's Knee from nineteen seventy, France, nineteen seventy. <laughs> Jerome decides to prepare for a lifetime of matrimony by enjoying one last vacation by himself. Upon arriving at his lakeside destination, however, he finds Aurora, a love from his past, who is staying nearby. Okay, uh, <laughs>
1: as in like it doesn't even fucking mention Laura or Claire, which
0: is <laughs> doesn't even mention the knee. Okay, okay, well let's uh let's try the criterion one. Why would I tie myself to one woman? Asked Jerome in Claire's knee, though he plans to marry a diplomat's daughter by summer's end. He spends his July at a lakeside... It's such a July movie. He spends his July at a lakeside boarding house, nursing crushes on the 16-year-old Laura and, more tantalizingly, her long-legged, blonde, older half-sister, Claire, bearing her knee on a ladder... (laughs) Bearing her knee on a ladder under a blooming cherry tree, Claire unwittingly incites a moral crisis for Jerome while creating an image that is both the iconic emblem of Eric Romare's six moral tales and one of French cinema's most enduring moments. I love how it's like bearing her knee as if she was like, as if the knee was covered until she was there and then she bared it as opposed to being like in shorts the entire time. I was <laughs> like, that's a little <laughs> that's a little uh, confusing. This week's film was chosen by Ricardo. It was indeed. Ricardo, why did you pick this film?
1: Well, like uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think that you asked me if uh, I had seen the worst person in the world uh, Mm. to pick for this, for the podcast. And I had seen it. So obviously that negates its option as a pick, because that's the whole fucking point of this podcast. But which. Which, in <laughs> fairness, uh, we have uh, steadfastly uh, adhered to yeah. you, considering that nobody polices us on those <laughs> no. things. <laughs> no. I could, you know, very easily have pretended never to have seen it just to have a better, like a good episode or something like that. But <sighs> sure. Why
0: couldn't you have done that? That would have been a great episode. I love that movie. Yeah, but summer,
1: the same point is if if we sink ourselves to to that level of dishonesty, what what is the point of the trust uh, entrusted to us by the listeners about our opinions in movies and <laughs> anything else?
0: That would be uh, that would be a moral quandary, I believe. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> uh,
1: well, the thing is that uh, whenever. Um, I watched worst worst person in the world. I was very rem- uh, uh, reminded of Romer's work. I think that I, then, as I went and checked online to see if anybody else got the same vibe, uh, somebody wrote that worst person in the world is like a Romer movie without the boredom, and <laughs> but but not in the bad way. Is that like? Um, same way as the characters describe about being bored in their lives, is that th- there's a required retrospectiveness to Romer's work. That if you have action and things happening in every scene, you don't have the room to think about what's going on and like the actual morality and ethics of the events that you're witnessing. That there's a reason why Claire's knee is part of his so called sixth moral tales. That is were six movies based on the idea of uh monogamy about like somebody uh having to decide whether they were gonna cheat or not or some of the the, the version and i think two of the six the the male character actually goes through uh in cheating but returns to the the wife character at the end but it is very much an uh exploration on both sexuality, desire, about monogamy, culture, um, about uh, the position of marriage and culture, especially when it comes to men, Uh, but also uh, portraying both sides of the argument in a way that it is very 70s, but at the same time very modern in a way, because it's one of the things that like, Romer's style never changed, but even when you see one of his 90s movies, they feel like the seventies movies, but they don't feel uh, that they have aged either. You know, this, sometimes you see directors that, for example, Richard Attenborough when he made a movie a few years ago before he died uh, about an airplane crashing during World War Two in Ireland, and it feels like it was a movie shot in the seventies. Rather mm-hmm. than, but not in a good way, you know, like his, the the <laughs> script is very uh, not modern in a way mm-hmm. that is notable. And because you ha- you don't have at least the nostalgia or the excuse that the movie was made in the 70s, it becomes a, a detriment to the picture rather than a, a, a feature, let's say. Mm. And I think uh, Romer's movies are always... um, I find them enjoyable, but also very, very well directed. And I think that a lot of his movies uh, would be absolutely terrible in anybody else's hands. Like this movie uh, in particular would be uh, in a lesser person's hands very... Like it is uncomfortable in parts, but on purpose uh, it is a a movie much like... uh, the worst person in the world. That it shows people that are incredibly charismatic doing very poor life decisions throughout. And people, the in his movies, you always see people behave and and act in a way that they're like the center characters of their own stories, not realizing that they're not even that. And mm-hmm. it's this misunderstanding of. Not only their characters, but I I suppose uh, what Romer sees as a problem in culture itself, that we see ourselves as the main characters in our stories. So everything that we do has a certain weight, but also we can explain away any decisions that we make. And because not everybody can see those reasonings, let's say. You just are an asshole (laughs) a lot of the time because if you don't have the context of why certain decisions are being made there's no it becomes uh, a thing that is like how can I put it is that a lot of this movie and a lot of his work uh, is focused on whether something that is not necessarily unethical but is done for unethical reasons Mm. is it unethical then or like where does the line where is the line of for example cheating or, or guilt or similar to in that scene in uh the worst person in the world that they have uh <laughs> uh they don't cheat with each other but they're so flirty and touchy and emotionally it's very
0: inti- intimate Ex- you know like yeah, but it, in a way that is that feels inappropriate, even though they technically don't do anything. <laughs> exactly, but
1: that's the technicality of it. Like, let's say if you were like the opposed, like the one of their, um, um, their couples. Let's say th- the worst person in the world. What would you prefer that your partner went off and spent an entire night technically not doing anything that is crossing a line? But giving himself emotionally to another person or somebody that gets really drunk and just kisses a randomer for two seconds and then that's it. Mm. Even though that's like, you know, in our society, oh he cheated on you because he kissed somebody. But there was actual no meaning to it. It's just a act of carnal desire more than anything else. Well, you might not do anything.
0: Carnal desire. <laughs>
1: but you might not do anything <laughs> like they don't do in uh in the worst person in the world but if in anything it's like where is it like was it cheating perhaps not but does it mean that like there's the argument that uh the character makes in claire's need that he if he wanted to cheat he would because the whole point of being with somebody that you're marrying is somebody that makes you not want to cheat because otherwise you're just giving up something of your life Mm. to be with somebody else. And then it it is, it shouldn't be uh, a matter of willpower. It should be a matter that the desire is not there to do it to begin with. And that's how you know who you're supposed to be with. But like so much in this movie it's uh, like depending on who's speaking to who and depending on the power dynamics people talk very openly about what they are actually feeling and what they are uh experiencing and what they genuinely believe in the situation but then sometimes they depending if they're trying to impress somebody else or excuse away behavior it makes them like walk back like the the clear example is that um after the movie finished Alex went like, Oh I, Claire Claire's character is like a nothing character. <clears throat> and I go, Yeah, that's the point of the movie because for the whole movie the the main character what's his name again? Um Jerome. Yeah, the the Jerome is talking about how he views women as uh intellect like the he's interested them in them intellectually and emotionally that women just have to like pass a a kind of like low barrier for attractiveness that they have to be <laughs> you know, yeah the, the, the he says that something like oh yeah they just have to be fuckable basically and then i really get attracted <laughs> by them emotionally and stuff and the only person that he actually uh even considers cheating on his wife with is the one character that has pretty much nothing intellectually and emotionally and charismatically going for her it's just that she's very sexy and in a way he <laughs> explains away the the that that's not what he's attracted to claire for but it's very interesting um in that way i do find that uh kind of weird that uh laura the actress that plays laura is actually the age that claire is supposed to be and the actress that plays claire is actually the age that laura is supposed to be
0: Uh, (laughs) okay i don't know how i feel about that that's quite strange
1: well like i i suppose that like at least uh uh she's 18 so like the scene when they kiss each other i know like in the in the and uh, it is not you're not yeah, getting a child not. to to kiss this fucking bearded mountain man kind
0: of thing oh dude i think i read something is he's supposed to be in his 30s i was like mm. <laughs> i don't know about that jesus i do think jesus, this yeah.
1: movie is very summer movie like the i mm. i just want to like have a boat and go around like who needs to drive it just go around in this little boat um
0: just landing and on people like oh hey <laughs> it's like i'm here again
1: <laughs> and also to be that rich that you it can take like a month uh. off for holidays in your fucking lake house property, where you complain about how the garden has become too wild, and you have ancient books from the sixteen hundreds saying about fucking land reform, I don't know, but it is very oh,
0: I don't know. Would you say the very privileged?
1: <laughs> yes, it, it reminded me to a certain degree to uh, about the leopard that is
0: yeah yeah the heist
1: yeah but but I I think that the the movie not only like what it talks about privilege as well as you mentioned but about desire and sexuality is very interesting and obviously we're gonna talk about generically what you think about the character Jerome and like what did you think about the movie itself but I always when I watch this movie I, I feel I see something new in it which is always a good sign in a movie that it is f- philosophical in its approach because if you get mm. everything that the movie is trying to say and I think that a lot of the what the movie is trying to say is not actually saying anything is opening itself up for conversations for people to have a conversation about where are the lines where does Jerome cross a line or doesn't depiction of something doesn't mean condoning the behavior and the movie clearly because of its ending shows that fucking jerome doesn't know shit about the world <laughs> doesn't know anything about like, his own life or anything else and it's so pitch perfect as an ending because not only like uh, it does it does cut itself because i think that up to that point you have an argument that Jer- jerome is more misplaced than bad let's say but then what he does to claire is actually despicable and the movie kind of just ends after that so you don't have to have to give your um sympathies towards jerome but also is that the movie shows how pitiful he is as a character how pathetic he is but not only him like all the adults And to a degree, like how the teenagers are going to be doing the same mistakes that they do, because it's this idea of self-reflection rather than um, there's never a true, honest uh, approach to what anybody is doing, that they all say one thing and do another or they do another thing and explain it away, completely contradicting what they actually believe in. And I think it's a way that everybody kind of lives that way. Uh, it's interesting because you start judging your own behavior on that kind of uh, moral plateau as well. that You see things like you've done and you're like, oh, I did it for such and such reasons. But then you're like, did that person on the other side would have in any way, shape or form been able to do it? Or did I actually do it for those reasons? Or did I just do it in a whim and came up with it? The reasons in mm-hmm. retrospect, so I wouldn't feel bad about what I did, kind of thing. And I just thought that it's a, it is a very interesting film to talk about. And uh, without further ado, what did you think of Claire's Knee?
0: So let's start with the positives. <laughs> um, it's a very, very beautiful film, uh, like, beautifully, beautifully shot. Like the location is incredible, like the color, um I can't remember who I think it was who restored it um it was like someone with criterion or what, but um, yeah, very, very beautiful, and I watched it on the criterion um channel as well, so it was pretty good quality, and the subtitles worked, which was great after um fucking apple um yeah,
1: uh, is that all the positives? <laughs>
0: That's all positives. <laughs> um fuck, Jesus. Oh, me and this film did not get on at all. Um yeah, I and I, I came to the conclusion last night that barring some exceptions, I think I might hate the French New Wave. <laughs> oh, I hated the vibe of this movie. I was oh, I was so rare to go. I was like French summer 70s like you know and as it opens and he's in his little boat and he's meeting Aurora and you're like "Hmm, what's their relationship this is very intriguing um yeah and then as the thing the thing progressed I was like this is an hour and 40 minutes long and it feels like eternity and it's also incredibly uncomfortable and it's like he's trying to like study what is a very complex subject of like desire and intention and motive and you know how we view our own actions and etc etc and he's trying to do it though like you know with grace and introspection and you know you can see what he's trying to do but oh it's just it was uncomfortable and tedious at the same time I think I think the problem I had with it was uh, I don't I don't care what they thought about their own actions <laughs> or why they were doing things. So having them verbally analyze things that they had just done or things that they'd done the day before or whatever, like especially when like because. So much of it is them trying to make up for their own actions, or try to convince themselves, or something, or them just being wrong. It's not massively like interesting, and it was like, I don't know, it's just like diving into like the ego of man and man's intentions, and it's like, it didn't feel very fresh or interesting, really, at all, and. I think it's th- it's the way, th- the way everything is vignetted with having a very short scene and then a scene shortly afterwards where we have the character talking about what just happened. So it's like you're seeing things and then you're having to talk about them again <laughs> afterwards. And it's like, but it was boring enough the first time. Um,
1: <laughs> but you didn't find it interesting in a certain degree how... Whenever, um, like that vignetting uh, situation that you are talking about, how it is the it's always the next day that the conversation takes place. Usually, uh, about the s- preceding scene, that mm. in every retelling, the, the actual events are accurate. But because you've seen the actual events, you see that the the actual understanding of the events are always inaccurate and i find that uh, very interesting how we per- perceive the world let's say and i think it is quite necessary for the movie that romer is making to have that kind of structure because it shows you how why there's a the the reasoning you know like is a flat fl- fl- fatal flaw on the reasoning for any of their behavior but it comes from a place of misunderstanding of an actual event or an actual um like behavior that it's like a misreading if anything else of the the event but also how you can kind of put yourself in the position not to realize like if you never put yourself in anybody else's shoes and you see the world purely in the way that you think the world should be everything makes perfect sense but it never does And i think that that's why the movie w- works in that like in that sense and also i did, I did find that whenever you said about the uh, uh the male ego uh, aurora's character is played by a Rom- french romanian author she actually is a writer as well and if I remember correctly she would like she might not have a writing credit for the movie but she kind of spared with Rumer with to have the the character be the way that she is in the movie and uh, it is a, a thing not only of men that is the problem it's like societal more than anything yeah. else uh,
0: yeah, obviously, like, also Aurora is as despicable as as Jerome is because she's, first of all, con- egging on her friend to do this constantly, putting him in situations with these young girls on purpose so that he will be in these situations so that she can watch it happen or hear about it afterwards. But she also talks about sleeping with young men and, like just the strangest, creepiest terms. And it's like she feels like very cold and uh, detached from it all. You know, of these people that she's living with, these like girls that really she should be like a mentor to. And she's pushing them towards a man. But because he's a nice man, it's okay. (laughs) Like, And like in a way that is kind of interesting. But I think this film could have been like significantly shorter because, as far as I'm aware, a lot of the other tales of morality, they, some of them are a lot shorter. Yeah, there's a couple. Um, there are
1: like twenty minutes. I think one is yeah. sixty minutes. Uh,
0: I don't know if that because like okay, you're saying there about the uh, the kind of the device of 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 people's perception of things and how you know we misremember things through bad memory or whatever, through, like, human error, but also through self-preservation or whatever, that, like, there's so many different reasons as to why we retell stories the way we do. I think that's really interesting, but I think that the scenes that he's retelling are not that interesting. But, like, so it, again,
1: is the thing of, I suppose, that... Um, it's supposed to be boring! <laughs> yes, precisely. the <laughs> Because it, it, if you do the... To a certain level, I think that I do love both this and the worst person in the world, but the, I
0: can't believe you compared them. <laughs> well, like
1: th- even the the guy that made it—I can't remember the name—the the name of the director is like he like has cited rumor as uh, uh as an influence, um, but it. <laughs> There's some criticism for the worst person in the world is that too much happens. That even for her character, it's just like a a bad decision after bad decision. Like it's who, how many bad decisions and events do you do in a year in your life? Like even if you take a very eventful year in your life that you meet a significant other, you change your job or whatever, there's very few kind of like, truly truly memorable moments or w- fork on the roads eh, that you go oh that's a scene in the movie let's say uh, and considering that it is meant to be a slice of life kind of situation mm. nah so but also is that it makes because the decisions are so big and the errors are so big it makes them way less uh vague in a way because every moment in the um, like what we were saying about like lines being crossed and stuff like that is that Romer tends to argue that our bad decisions are really a hundred tiny little decisions that we make that are incorrect that leads us to a position that we can't but not do the wrong decision and sometimes it's the opposite, that we can make, like, a hundred bad decisions, but it just lead us into a path that just forces us to make the, a good decision, even in spite of ourselves, rather than because of ourselves. And, like, in The Worst Person in the World, is very clear-cut, like, that's a bad decision, this is a good decision, or whatever. Well, there's always, like... In this movie is loads of tiny little terrible decisions but none of the let's say if you just told what happened to his wife to be who clearly is is also under like also under, knows jerome and jerome says that he's cheated on her before and she cheated on him before until they realize that they don't need the other bit because you you get the satisfaction for like the five seconds or whatever, and then that's that's why
0: that happens. <laughs> you definitely cheat on each other multiple times, and then get together, get married, and then you're fine.
1: Yeah, like, but I think it's another good decis- directorial decision, not to show them together. That she's kind of a yeah, an idea, the same mm. way that the way that he describes it he describes her, but because of the. Obviously, like nowadays, we're talking about like a post Me Too era, and like we have, thankfully, oh. a different approach to uh, sexualization of children than there was back then. Let's say, uh, because obviously, like nowadays, there's the like the conversation is there about the um, about Laura and about Claire being young. But I don't think that the film at any point condones Jerome. So it makes it easier. Even though it's uncomfortable. It makes it not a despicable movie. Because at no point the movie saying. Yeah, Jerome should sleep with these women. The movie is saying like, he shouldn't be in any shape or form doing this. And his rationalization is kind of like okay. Whenever you're just trying to be like a teacher. But not actually get involved whatsoever. But when you start doing things for because you oh, control It's
0: just, they're so touchy feely in this movie and even whenever it's just him and Aurora and they like oh it's, it makes me so uncomfortable I don't know what it is that's it's the, like, like, like
1: that's a bit of the, the, the uh, Irish Catholic in your yeah. <laughs>
0: it's like stop touching
1: <laughs> even for Latin it's uh, excessive touching but it is <laughs> But, you know, like, it's not, <laughs> oh. like, it's not, you know, that rare to see people that are just friends, like, hugging each other and walking hand in hand and, like, just having an arm over the shoulder while chatting in the bench or whatever. And you are even two guys sometimes. It's not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just, it was so excessive, I think. um, Like, almost to a comical sense. <laughs> uh. Yeah, <laughs> well, with
1: Aurora, is clearly him doing the same thing as they do in the um, in, uh, and worst person in the world that is do everything except the cheating part.
0: Yeah, it feels very loaded as opposed to platonic. Um, yeah, like they have a vibe of of people who had been together before. Um, yeah, the one thing I'll say about Aurora is that I really I. I really hated her. <laughs> I, th- I didn't like her voice. <laughs> she was just really like, oh, I don't know. She just, I, I hated every moment she was on screen. Alex, uh, um. Alexa
1: speaks French, was like say, w- trying to place where she was from because she has very accented French whenever she speaks. Mm. It turns out that she's a Romanian French writer. So. You were just making fun mm-hmm. of her accent for being foreign, so that's why you didn't like her.
0: That's it. I'm just a racist. <laughs> definitely nothing to do with her cadence or what she was saying.
1: <laughs> I do find it funny that she looks at the camera a couple of times in the movie.
0: Loads of people look at the camera a couple of times. Like, freaking... Uh, I, Claire definitely does it at one point, but... Um, so does Laura. It's like she's not even looking at the camera. It's like they're glancing past the lens. So it's just for like a second. If they're looking at the camera and it's like, Whoa. so I kind of assumed that because there were so many people doing it that it was intentional. So I was like, is this like 1970s French way of winking at the camera? So <laughs> what- I,
1: I do think my, my favorite character in the entire movie is the director of the camp.
0: He was just not having it, like, and fair enough, because don't drive a boat near children swimming. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, because was definitely not sixty feet away.
0: It's not so complex. Like, that's not a difficult moral quandary. Just, just, just stay away from the shore, you little creep. Oh man, yeah, I did enjoy how much of a little asshole that guy was. Um, <laughs> and know <I, we> you just? <laughs> like screaming at her window like claire claire i was like oh my god someone throw him in the lake like fuck me um i did a, <laughs> I found a great quote from some review i can't remember which one um <clears throat> which i think sort of kind of sums it up for me so uh, maybe this is exactly what Romare was going for in Claire's Knee, to expose self-centered people of the upper class, learning and inventing mind games. But then again, no one needs to watch two hours of it to futile conclusion. <laughs> I was like, that's good. I love it. Uh, I do have to say, there were a few moments when I full-on laughed, and one of them was whenever they go hiking. Hiking? <laughs> in their hiking clothes? It's like. <laughs> you're supposed to be going on a three hour walk and you're wearing like, he's wearing like normal trousers and I did love the clothes very much. There's something about like 70s men's bodies where like their hips are so tiny and they're just wearing these like tiny tight trousers. So funny. Like
1: in the New York Times uh, review of this movie, which is a very positive uh, review, says that everything in this world has sharply defined edges, much like the lake, which is not bordered by a beach, but by a man-made key. Like, uh, the idea of that kind of, you know, that no matter what, what swells there are in the on the lake or what tide there is, there's no actual... Like, there's either good or bad, but all the characters are trying to experience that way. Think They see everything in black and white, even though they think that they're not seeing the world in black and white. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, what makes the movie interesting to me, that it's like this idea of self-deception that really makes every like for example the mother uh uh, laura's mother just sees the world of being either alone or being with somebody Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so those are the two options that you have but being with somebody doesn't means being with anybody Mm -hmm. because it's like her view of the world is like alone or not alone and that's it those are the two options like trying to get i
0: think Laura. Laura had a good line about her as well, about like she had two husbands and now she's alone. <laughs> it's very mean.
1: And then you have like um you know, like all of them see the world in, in, in those terms, like about uh somebody being a terrible person or being a good person about being charismatic, smart, desirable, non desirable friends not friends they it's very there's no point in their their view like everybody's fighting against each other in a way without actually fighting against each other nobody Mm -hmm. really cares about anybody else because they're way too focused on trying to figure out their own lives without realizing that they're you always fuck up your own life and everybody else's lives if you're just worrying about your life in the vacuum. Uh, and I think that, especially because of the ending, it shows that um, you can't really change yourself. You can't change anybody else, but you can at least be honest in the what situation you're on and everybody else is on and how you try to influence. the, Like, Guillaume, the like Claire's boyfriend, is technically a bad boyfriend, perhaps even a bad person. He's definitely a bit of a dickhead. But
0: uh... yeah, when she hurts her finger when they're playing um, uh, volleyball or handball or whatever it is, uh, he comes over and he's like, "You shouldn't have been playing (laughs) if you couldn't play." she just hurt her finger I do find it
1: quite uh, um, stressful that they're playing volleyball right next to the lake and it's like how many balls have they lost like just (laughs) fell in the lake because they don't seem particularly good at it either
0: yeah none of them do that's the thing they all seem shit at it yeah they just (laughs) slap at the ball
1: (laughs) how many summers have you spent doing this and this is the the pinnacle of your fucking skill (laughs) set
0: They're too busy thinking about their own thoughts and desires to be true sportsmen.
1: Because, like that scene with uh, Jerome and Claire, whenever Jerome tells Claire what he saw Guillaume doing, like if he wanted, he could have said the same things. But because his motivation is absolutely despicable, it is
0: him. Him describing that, he's like, "I wanted to punish her. Why?"
1: <laughs> but it, but it is something that is like. You know, i will going to put it. It's the, I know the, and I know this that is not like unique to me or anybody else. But there's a sense whenever you have a crush on somebody, for example, you know, whenever you're like, oh, I like this person. But they're with another person. That person is an asshole. And you think like, oh, if they only saw how good I am.
0: <laughs> they choose yeah, me it's Not really. They cho-
1: like yeah even if it is the case that that person is not the right person it's not like you're fucking in a queuing system that is like okay like yeah, <laughs> she's done with that person then no, take you
0: take a ticket and a wait in the line <laughs> yeah it's never out of like really concern for the person that they're in this bad relationship it's more that like you shouldn't be that one you should be in the one with me
1: exactly and it is it is a despicable disc- way of thinking about it, but like I know that I'm not the only person that has, you know, at least caught myself having those thoughts. You know, oh, whenever we're he,
0: all Jeromes, we're all Jeromes, and
1: it's that like way, like at least like the way that he puts it, it is not even he is not acknowledging the fact that he has control over her, but he feels like he should have control over her mean the thing is not that he will be trying to impose that control but is it is a possessiveness because so much of this movie is about possessiveness that. It exists even whenever you, you have no claim for possession of anything. Just because you like something, suddenly it's like, mine. Like, I saw... it, <laughs> You know, like, you see, like, fucking lads when they're 16 that are like, oh, I saw her first. It's like, why does it matter? Like, does the other person have any fucking say in the matter? Or...
0: There is there is a great point where uh, pretty early on when uh, Laura and Jerome are talking and she's like I'm very possessive, you know. She, he's like, oh, you shouldn't be like that. It's not very healthy. <laughs> like he keeps like educating these girls, but not following his own advice whatsoever well like
1: what I like as well about Laura for example is that whenever they're having like a conversation uh, originally with her mother about love that she goes off in a huff because she can't participate in the conversation because she says I have no uh, knowledge like a first hand experience in love so I can't have this conversation same level as you guys are having I can't refudiate what you're saying to me because even though I feel it's wrong I can't say from personal experience that you're wrong so whenever mm-hmm. she speaks to Jerome about it it is clearly it is completely overwritten to the way that a like a 16 year old person that has never been in love trying to sell herself to be both wiser than she actually is and more experienced than she actually is And to impress somebody that has more experience than she has in that situation. But it's the irony and the good writing from Romare that that is actually the most accurate depiction of love. Because it's one that is without self-reflection. Because she doesn't have to square all her mistakes to excuse her behavior. And then retroactively create a worldview where they are a good person because they have to square the circle of the things that they've done well you know like even here he's like uh, jerome is kind of trying to create an environment where he's allowed to flirt with the women and do everything except cheating on his wife knowing that he won't cheat with with his wife you know and it's like the act of touching Claire's knee is even worse than cheating because he's doing—he's crossing a line that he said that he wouldn't cross. The idea of desire, it like he gave up mm-hmm. on his willpower, even though he—he's not willing to cross another line. But like he make himself like he needs in his life to break taboo. Like of his relationship. So he drew the line further back. So it's not kissing or sleeping with other women. Is that I can't flirt with them. So whenever I flirt with them. You feel like. Oh I'm doing a dangerous thing. You know like you have that excitement in life. And it's it's the funny thing. How uh, there is the accurate thing that Laura says. Like he should be getting that excitement from the relationship that he's on. Because love is not about just friendship you know like that kind of love it should be it should be possessive to a certain degree not unhealthily so
0: yeah i do think that the discussion that they have about like friendship and relationships and whether friendship comes first or comes after is kind of interesting um like i think that section of the movie when he's first just talking to to Lara was the bit that i liked more um And then it kind of unraveled a bit for me. But pretty much as soon as Claire turns up.
1: Yeah, and I like also that the movie makes the air. It has one of those things that, one of those ways that the movie, neither character says the actual point that the movie says. So it's implied by meeting in the middle of the two things that it's like, it doesn't matter when friendship comes to it, but it has to be there for love to exist. Mm. But neither will admit that. Bit. They're more worried about being right in the argument about the if friendship should come first or second, <laughs> without realizing that the important part is the friendship is there.
0: He's as petulant as she is, really.
1: I think that it's uh, a cri- criticism also of people, privileged people that like they have all this time to, to
0: yeah. spend thinking about what Sit they're doing. And <laughs>
1: i don't know like a, i i'm sorry that you didn't like the movie um at all i thought that i did think like i like i said it is intentionally um uncomfortable in parts and i i thought that you'd like feel uncomfortable in those parts but uh yes do you have any uh last thoughts
0: it did make me want to go swimming in the lake uh always enjoyable um yeah i definitely i love their clothes I'd say the um the art department is is fabulous just even though like so much of this obviously takes takes place outdoors um but even just like the choice of the type of boat that he has and the different outfits that he wears and yeah i find i find the outfits really really fascinating um
1: yeah, I love the little pier where he goes and uh, sees your man with uh, uh, Guillaume cheating on Claire. The, <laughs> but uh, he just goes and gets <laughs> the, the binoculars, so good.
0: I was like, why the fuck do you have binoculars? I was like, oh, I, I understand because he's been creeping on the lake, spying on the women. I just, I love how he just appears at their house all the time. Seemingly uninvited. <laughs> just like, oh here I'm 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 here now. Oh hey, I'm I'm here at the tennis. It's like, dude.
1: I do think that also like the movie does make the comment that if you're not uh, kind of a diplomat like he is and a respected member of society and you behave the same way, you'd be treated as <laughs> a pest.
0: <laughs> he is such a pest. <laughs> oh god yeah fucking hell um what was your favorite thing my
1: favorite thing is how miserable all the characters are in this movie how miserable (laughs) life is in general and how romer (laughs) was able to capture that like the way that it's like you can never be happy like no matter what you have in life you can never be happy that it's like you have perfect house by the like with this beautiful lake and uh, in the foothills of a beautiful mountain it's like yeah i feel oppressed you know like i wish the the i wish i bought the house from the other side of the lake so you can see the mountains rather than feel oppressed by the mountains and then if you had got into the house on the other side, you'd get used to that view and go like, oh, I, w- I wish I'd be over there. The mountains would be more imposing and stuff like that. The, there's always... <laughs> not only that the grass is always greener, is it, it's also that the there's actual no grass there it's just concrete and our mind imagine that there's grass there so the, like at the very moment that you you get there you're incredibly disappointed but then you have to fucking rationalize to the bitter end your decision so you're like oh yeah this is lovely concrete uh, yes i'm burning <laughs> my 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 feet on it because it's hot now but oh yeah it's, no weeds uh, yeah and then uh, or or it is like The grass is greener now. It's now greener on the other side because I have blinkers on and I will not see the other side because I'm completely right about what I've done so far in my life and there's nothing that I regret and I haven't done anything wrong and people love me and I'm a force for good and
0: I am a good presence in these young women's lives. But
1: even like the the mom is like more worried about like going to Geneva than. Leave her daughter with like some man in the mountains it's
0: so much none yeah um it is
1: very um <laughs> telling how self fucking how self-indulgent all these people are like that even the, like uh even uh, Guillaume and Claire and like I do think that Laura is the best character in the movie uh, uh by quite a bit like in in how interesting she is let's say as a person because you can see she's the only one that realizes what is going on all around her but she's too young to fully understand it but you can imagine that in 10 years she could be the like a better version of Aurora like I
0: was going to say it's like she's the next Aurora 100%.
1: So yeah, like uh, that's Aurora
0: and her <laughs> her many lies.
1: I think that your favorite thing would just be pretty movie. Let's move on. <laughs> I want to complain more about it.
0: Oh, no. Uh no, I mean like yeah, obviously it's a very beautifully shot movie. Um uh I think it's also interesting how the camera doesn't linger on the beauty of the place in the way of how none of the characters really appreciate the beauty either, because <laughs> they're so used to it. So they're just kind of like swanning around, complaining about things, or playing mind games with each other, or you know, generally being unhappy. And like as a as like a person watching the movie, it's kind of hilarious. It's like you're in paradise, and then you're in your own paradise, like not even for five days like a normal person you're there for like the whole month <laughs> you know <laughs> like seemingly with no real troubles beyond those that you are created yourself um so yeah like i do i think for for what he was trying to do i think it is very well made um the yeah just not my vibe <laughs> what's your least favorite thing it's the patriarchy
1: yeah like uh, there are things the, like i don't think it is I don't know like I I never know how much of the movie is like intentional how much it's just part that it has aged and I'm just giving Mm. it uh, the benefit of the doubt or giving it more depth that actually is there because I'm just viewing it through a prism of 2022 rather than 1970 Uh, so I never quite sure how Forward thinking and how uh, feministic this movie is, but considering everything else that Romer has made, I do think that, like, like anything anybody, he's not perfect in his politics or anything else, but I, I do think he's a humanist director, the, but one that has a very uh, interesting approach to it because he focused more on the flaws of the human being rather than the the actual prose of the human being but because of that i never know which parts are condoning and which parts are just commenting on and which parts is criticizing but i think is that's what makes his movies interesting because you have to kind of much like a good novels oftentimes you have to make that decision yourself he's not there to hold your hand and i sometimes if i watch one of his movies or this movie uh, i won my hand health uh but like okay. as i watched it yesterday uh, i i was happy enough with to let my mind wander and i do like i do think that it is a intentional flaw in the movie but it is a flaw nonetheless that it is it doesn't grab your attention for its duration and it's slightly overlong but i think it's creating the room for your mind to wonder and start thinking about what's happening rather than focus on the plot and like because the plot doesn't really exist if you start Hmm. thinking about something and then you come back to the movie and you miss two scenes probably you didn't miss anything because Again, it's like the collection of scenes and the collection of decisions that actually make a difference rather than, than like one big event or another. Uh, what was your least favorite thing?
0: I think the endless conversations that they had that started to really, really kill me after a while, especially as Lara fades into the background somewhat because she she is the more interesting character. So as it kind of progresses um and it's a lot more of just Jerome talking to Aurora about Claire it became like even more grating i <laughs> think those conversations were just like oh god um um but yeah that was Claire's knee um <laughs> sorry didn't enjoy it um if they do want to go back and uh, find some of our other French movies, 70s movies, summer movies, uh, where can they find us, Ricardo?
1: They can find us on Facebook, The Recommendation Game on Twitter, at The Rec Game. They can find us on the Dublin Digital Radio Mixcloud or email is Game at gmail.com and our past episodes are on Soundcloud or your podcaster of choice. Next week's film Next week's film is chosen by Orla. What is it?
0: Spencer. Is it about (laughs) Spencer Tracy?
1: Please tell me that it is about Spencer Tracy.
0: Spencer Tracy is happy. Uh, (laughs) Well, until then, uh, I was Orla McNeilis.
1: And I was Ricardo Deakin.
0: Thanks for listening.
1: See you next week.